Hey, 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 good afternoon, everyone. It is Marsha Guerrier, founder of Her Sweet Spot, and today's coach for the day. I'm excited to have you guys here with me talking all about how to close sales effectively. Let's increase your income. As you know, I'm the founder of Her Sweet Spot and lead coach here at Her Sweet Spot, a private network for women of color, advancing women as leaders and entrepreneurs. So I just want to let you know, if you're streaming from YouTube and or the app, you can click on the button that says watch on YouTube if you want to comment and ask questions to, during today's workshop. And also, if you are a Her Sweet Spot member on Facebook, on the members only group, we are live streaming live inside the Her Sweet Spot member only group. So you can head over to Facebook if you want to chat and talk to us during the presentation today. And if you're watching on the app, check to see if you have the option to um to watch on facebook and if i mean um watch live on youtube if you don't please feel free to head on over to the facebook group it is the members only group where you will have access to our live streams directly in facebook all right guys so let's get into today's topic and conversation how to close sales effectively So today's objective, we're going to be going over some initial, um, going over, you know, we'll review some quick facts about closing sales and what closing sales really mean. You know, sales is that four-letter word that new entrepreneurs tend to not love because it generally gives us a feeling of uh, begging. It comes from a place of a, a fear or, or lessons that we learned when we were growing up and when we were old, younger about, you know, going asking and, and going for the ask. And so we're, we'll go over some quick uh, facts about what um, closing sales really is all about and sales, right? And we'll get some basic, my basic three-step strategies on closing and selling uh, that four-letter word and what's holding us back from closing right? And what's holding us back from selling more. I'm going to show you the most used and effective sales techniques that the big boys use and guys that uh, know how are in corporations and leading all these huge major sales teams. Uh, we're going to go over some of the techniques that they listen for in determining how to close and convert a, a no from me. Uh, to a yes, okay? So let's go over some quick facts about sales. Uh, in the average sale, over 80% of the sales are closed after the fifth attempt at closing. Some stats say out there, it's really truly the eighth, right? Some companies believe that is the eighth attempt. So when you feel that, you know, you've spoken to someone on and on and on, and you know a couple of times and maybe you sent an email several times and you're not getting any response it takes a lot more than that initial touch point people think that when we do consultations and the one and only touch point and consultation you have that will be the only time 
that you will close. Hey, let me know um, uh, where you where you are streaming from and who is on the chat. I see someone is live on Facebook with us today, so I'm happy to have you here. Um, so let's look at another fact. The more closing techniques you know, the more likely it is that you will close the sale. And the more you begin to kind of center yourself in, in listening and understanding and vibing the people and the potential client that you're speaking to, that's really going to help you understand the buying behaviors of your potential client. All right. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, selling is a skill that's learned. Don't think anybody with the gift of gab truly comes like is born with it. No one is born to sell. We are taught how to really become good salespeople. It is maybe some skill sets that people do better than others, right? And it's a muscle that we have to practice to, to seem and appear more confident and to really go after the things that we really want. Okay. Another fact is the most effective sales people know their product inside and out. It is the number one thing. And then what we talk about when we talk about what makes CEOs. Um, so the mindset of a CEO is that they know their product. They believe in their product and they love their product. Bottom line. It's really, truly about that um, relationship they have with what they're selling. No matter how good, bad, or indifferent that product or service is, they truly believe wholeheartedly in that product, right? Over 50% of all closing effectiveness comes from the enthusiasm, your excitement about your product or service. Going back to what I just said about the CEOs that know, believe, and love their product, they exude that enthusiasm and it's part of building and building upon the ceo mindset which makes certain people close more sales than others confidence in selling comes from knowledge how often i think back to when i was um, in public speaking and i remember i didn't do my assignment and because i didn't do my assignment i did my assignment that morning and because I just wrote my speech for the day, I was totally not confident in telling my story and selling my, myself that afternoon in class. And it showed, right? But when you practice these techniques we're going to go over today, when you become experienced with it, right, it comes more natural and it allows you to appear as if you truly believe and know your product. So confidence in selling is a, another key factor in closing more sales. Hey, Joanne. Oh, Joanne's watching from uh, uh, YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. Let me know if you have any questions. Please log on um, in the app or wherever you are streaming from. Let me know where you're from, where you're, where you're watching us today. So let's talk about the basic three-step sales strategy. 
just as many closing techniques that are available. Now, I'm not giving you every single technique that's out there. There are lots of techniques that you could learn, but I'm going to tell you what I think are the most important, right? There is also as many sales phases and every organization, every product, every product type, industry, or service will consider um, the different phases in their um, in their approach to sales. But what I like to do, especially with service-based businesses, especially for solopreneurs, where you are your CEO, CFO, CMO, and chief sales director and manager, go with these three basic steps, sales planning, sales prospecting and sales retention. I feel like sales retention is usually one of the steps that people tend to forget most. They know and live in planning and prospecting. They actually live in prospecting. Most people don't plan and reiterate the plan for sales, which is also another reason why they don't um they don't work, you know, close as many sales as they wish. But uh, yeah, the, the, these are the three basic steps I think you guys should really hone in on and practice a lot more and add to your um, the life cycle of your business development. So the planning step helps you develop the sale and data plan that will allow your business to make the numbers that you want. Knowing your numbers that is like even more important, right? In the planning phase, know what numbers you need to achieve. You will know what data you need along the way to help you make these decisions. And knowing your numbers, you need to make X amount of revenue per, per week, X amount of revenue per month, X amount of revenue per quarter, per year, right? All of these life cycles and milestones help you reach your bigger plan, which is um, an annual revenue amount, right? With the right plans in place, you improve your chances for success. And in the sales planning phase, these are the three things you need to really hone in on. The revenue plan, which I just spoke about, right? Define your revenue goals and create a plan for how you're going to actually achieve your revenue goal. Break it down into cycles and milestones and achievable milestones. Not every business has a weekly return, daily return, and a monthly return, right? Every business, not every, most product-based businesses, you know, your goal is to get a couple of um, retainers per quarter. It might be per month. It's really based on your availability. And as uh, sidepreneurs, people that are working a full-time job and running their side service-based business, um, in addition to their full-time job, you really have to create the plan and a schedule to, to properly uh, bring on and onboard new clients. So that's a really major factor in determining your revenue plan. And then the customer acquisition. Properly align your sales resources. And when you're a solopreneur like me, it's yourself within the ecosystem where you can find your customers. We talk about this all of the time. We talk about where do your customers hang out? Where can you find your customers? How are you connecting with them, right? And then customer behavior, something that you must know and understand while you're developing your sales plan. 
right? Research how your buyers make decision, purchasing decisions. Creating that client avatar, if you haven't seen that video, if you it's in the, um, the learning library, creating a client avatar, it's imperative that you understand who the client is. And from understanding who your client is, you will get a better idea of what their purchasing decisions are like. The next step in the three step basic steps uh, for closing sales is prospecting. You know, this step is where you are searching for prospects, whether customers, clients, however you call them, and from leads, you turn them over into potential buyers, right? There is a difference between lead versus sales prospect and lead generation versus sales prospecting. So let's look at lead versus sales prospect. They're the people. Leads come first. Sales prospects come second. Put simple, a sales prospect is a qualified lead. Leads are people that pull into a, a group of potential uh, prospects that you begin to filter down. You may you look at that client avatar and you say, yeah, you start off with women. That is a first lead, but then you get to know that potential client to determine if they are a good fit to go into a sales prospecting phase. There is the lead generation phase and then there's the sales prospecting phase. So let's talk about those two areas. Lead generation, typically a process that's driven more by marketing, you know, representing both inbound and outbound effects of gathering leads. We do that on social media. We are generally speaking to a, a larger group of people. And from that is where your potential clients will come from, right? Those are people that, you know, through your marketing, you're going to use a certain demographic. You're going to uh, um, create certain um, content that people can subscribe to because they think they may be a good fit, right? Uh, things like uh, lead generation, subscribing to your blog or joining your course or free webinar, right? Downloading an ebook, whether it's for or pay or not, right? But then taking them to the next level in your service-based business offering is where you convert that into prospecting. So sales prospecting activities tend to be much more warm than lead generation and are directed towards efforts that are intended to convert your existing lead into paying customers. Existing leads and leads are people that are a little bit colder and that you have to do those touch points in order to bring them into the second phase of the nurturing and sales sequence, right? Sales prospecting activities include outbound calls, emailing your, uh, your potential leads with hopes of nurturing them into that buyer's cycle to become a buyer. Let me know if you guys have any questions. You can put it in, in the chat again in Facebook and in um, 
in YouTube or, or directly on our website and in our app. So what is sales retention? A phase that I think that is sorely missed in when it comes to sales. I see many people that lose their customer base because they're not paying attention to sales retention. Entrepreneurs and small business owners shouldn't forget there is a huge potential for revenue in their list of existing customers. Retaining customers and having a sales follow-up strategy is a good way to boost your revenues by selling more to existing customers and by getting referrals from them for new customers, right? The period immediately following a sale is what is often called the honeymoon phase. We know that we use this term, you know, there's a lot of dating terms that are used in, in, in business and in sales, right? You got to date your leads, right? And then you marry the prospects and then you get into this honeymoon phase after the sale, you know? Um, it's a certain uh, excitement on both sides where the people see the value and they see that you really do care about the end result of whatever it is you were selling them and how they how your product made them feel, right? The client has just fulfilled a need or solved the problem and your company has closed a deal. That's the honeymoon phase. But this is also a vulnerable time. Your attitude in this phase can make or break the future relationship with your customer. Why? If you're cold to them and showing them that it was just for their money and now you're out, that's not enough. You're not going to make them want to feel like you they matter to you and your business, right? Here's some steps you can take to retain customers after a sale. One, send a note to say thank you especially service-based businesses, send like a, a, a closing um, worksheet of some sort. If there's a service that you did, send them a thank you. Send them a note that says, this is what we, what we covered in the time that we worked together, right? Um, the second thing is check in, you know, be of service. Show them the impact beyond the initial um, offering. Ask them how things are going and if they need any further assistance. Because more than likely, especially in a service-based business, you'll find that it's never over. The relationship is never over. They never not need you again. It might not be immediately. They might need time to, to step back and to kind of um, get everything together. But you will know their sentiment. You will know where they are and what they're thinking when it comes to what the next steps are. Sorry about that. So the third thing, keep the lines of communication open with automated emails. The best investment I made for myself this year was to get a email marketing director. I tell you, it changed my life. It has helped me keep consistent communication with my customers. And it truly, truly does make a difference in how people make you feel. And I've gotten great feedback from people 
that believe and now are more engaged with me because of the automated emails and because of the nurturing emails that I'm sending to them. And it doesn't mean that I wasn't in a place of um, that because it's automated, it's not authentic. It really truly is authentic. It is just the fact that I needed, I have the same touch points. I have the same way to effectively communicate with my customers. And it's basically the same types of questions you will ask of them anyway, each customer, right? So it's it's very important that you find a way to create communication via an automated system. It will save your life or your business. And the last thing, ask for referrals. Who doesn't need a referral? Everyone needs a referral. Referrals are the key or the gateway to new customers, especially when your existing customers, you know, got value out of the work that you've given and provided, right? So ask for referrals. So what's holding you back? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's holding most women back, especially for us that are solopreneurs. We work our full-time jobs. We're not really truly, um, we don't feel, I'm not a salesperson, right? That is the first thing that is that generally holds us back is the limiting beliefs, not creating a sales plan and practicing it regularly is what prevents us and holds us from being successful. And inside her sweet spot, in our meeting, in our um, group coaching meetings, every month, at least once a month, I ask, what's the ask? What is the pitch? What are you selling? What are you going to ask people to do? How are you going to connect with your ideal customer? How are you going to help uh, your existing customers stay and want to continue on working with you, right? So here's some four things that I feel oftentimes hold us back. Enthusiasm. 50%, 51%, like I said in the beginning, the best sales and the best closers have an enthusiasm. CEOs and um, closer sales people have enthusiasm. They are excited to sell you a bottle of water. They are excited to sell you a rock because they believe that rock is the best piece of art that you and anyone can find, right? Your excitement about your product or service will undoubtedly help you sell what you're selling. Two, believe in what you're selling. The most effective salespeople know their product, they believe in their product, and they love their product. And they will jump, shout, and like, praise what they eat. And, and half the time, y'all know, and y'all seen some of these products and, and companies and, and services that are mediocre, that are probably not the best, but there are people out there that you're watching and you're following on social media and they're coming out on social media and they are talking with enthusiasm and they are telling you inside out about their industry, about their product. And that alone makes you believe that they're an authority. That alone is what 
captivates you and what captivated you more than likely to getting you to say yes to purchasing whatever they were selling. Whether it was a $20 ebook or a $2,000 course, it is that enthusiasm and that um, confidence that the person is giving off, right? One of the other things that, you know, expect the best, you must confidently expect that people are going to say yes. One of the biggest downfalls that women do is we go in ready for no's. How about we reverse that and go in ready for yes, right? If we believed more in the fact that we're, we don't have to convince and we're just going to impact and show our, our love for what it is we're selling and sell the benefits of what it is we have to offer and expect that the person is going to say yes, you will, I would guarantee you, you will close more sales. When you ask the prospect to buy, you must confidently expect them to buy. And when you get the no, if you should get the no, don't let it show. Hey, it comes in and it goes. You, we might see you next month. Okay, it might not be a yes today, but it might be a, a yes next month when your finances change maybe, right? When you walk away and you think back to all the things that I offered you and you realize that I actually have the best solution for you, one day I'm gonna get a yes for you. It might not be today, right? So expect the best when you go into a situation uh, with a potential client. And the fourth thing is that fear of rejection. Ooh, the fear of rejection that we all get. It's a major stumbling block at the close, at, at closing that we all have, that we let that sit inside of us more than we're expecting the best. That fear of no and that fear of rejection, those two are really closely aligned. We're so worried about uh, getting a no that now fear sets in to our approach at talking and closing. If you believe in the yes and the power of yes, then the fear of rejection no longer exists inside of you, right? Expect the best and the fear of rejection will no longer sit inside of you. A key factor in successful selling is to be prepared to hear a no and continue. All right, it is what it is. No, I don't think so. And pre prepare yourself to hear that, but don't hear a no. Hear a not today. Hear a not today. Hear a maybe tomorrow. The no is what's holding us uh, um, entrenched in fear. Let's look at what some of the closing techniques that I'm going to be talking to you about um, in this next segment. I want you to know that these are not the only closing techniques that are out there, but these are some of the closing techniques that top sales reps are using to get and to sell more. They get prospects to make smaller commitments or mini closes as they work towards the big close. And that's also another technique that, that people use in in, in um, determining and kind of getting a vibe and a feel for who they're working with. The clothes you choose should be based on what you know about your prospect and the type of clothes you believe they will most likely 
uh, um, say yes to, right? The client avatar work, that's why that's so important. Understanding who your ideal customer is and then getting a little bit of information and knowing who you'll have a free consultation with. That's why many of you, you you've attended free consultations and there's a little questionnaire they'll ask you before a um, the meeting as you're doing maybe your schedule, right? So let's talk about the five effective sales closing techniques that are popular with top sales reps. The first thing is the assumptive close. And then there is the option close. And many of you, all of you have experienced at least one of these in some time in, in your buying time, right? The summary close, the suggestion close, and the urgency close, which is my least favorite <laughs> close of all. And I can't wait to get that one. I left that one for last because it really bugs me. It, but when I get that as a, as a consumer, I hate the uh, urgency close, but let's talk about some of these other factors. All right. So what is the assumptive close? This closing techniques uses the power of positive thinking. If you believe from the first piece of email outreach, you will close this deal. It can have an incredible, incredible effect on the rest of the sales process. So what's important here is to closely monitor your prospects interests, engagement and objections throughout the cycle and throughout the conversation right here are some key questions to ask your prospect does the product and service help solve your problem yes if you've just provided them with new information about your product or service Let's see this. Does this sound like something that would be valuable to your company? Does this meet a specific need or pain point? And so when you ask these questions and when you lean in to making assumptions that what you have is what they actually need and you allow them to answer these questions and they, they actually are making the determination about why they want your product or service within that moment. And that's how you get them to, uh, to truly turn a question mark as to should they buy into yes. Well, you say we meet your specific need or pain point. Why wouldn't you? What, what is holding you back? What would make you not buy today or purchase today? Since, and I know you've heard this before, because if you've been like, oh, well, and they've asked you these questions. So you said it, it fits your needs. Why, what would, what makes you not buy today? And then they take that piece of information and convert their process and use a new technique. Let's say it's your finances, right? Okay. So um, we weren't prepared to spend $10,000 today. What if I offered you a payment plan? Would that help you? Because I want you to get the solution that will best serve your needs. And I know that what I have will help will help you. So let's work on the areas that are preventing you from saying yes. Let's fix those problems. Because you said yes to me already, right? 
that's the type of conversation you want to have in this sales and closing technique. Ask these very important questions. And you're not asking the person if they want to buy at this point, right? You're just helping them restate the obvious of why it's the best product or service for them. And if they say no, that it's not, you know that's when you, you close. Or your question would be, what would make it the best product or service? What would make it more valuable to you? So these questions that you're asking during your sales uh, um, pitch is absolutely imperative information and you're collecting data because maybe that person will not close, but collecting the data will help you close in the next run. Does that make sense? If you guys are out there uh, and you have questions or this is resonating with you, let me hear you say, whoop, whoop, put, put a one in the chat, put a, if, it, if you're hearing me, if you've experienced this type of um, close before, let me see and hear you talk about it. All right, the next strategy we're gonna talk about is the options close. Similar to the assumptive, this is what I said. If that first type doesn't work, you you go into the next, right? Rather than asking for a prospect's business directly, you ask them which options they prefer. You give them option A, option B. So in phase one, in assumptive plan, right? I gave them that direct questioning that should help them think of, of and say yes. And when they said no still, or what would make them not go with it, I gave them now option A and option B. If it's the finances, let's talk about how we can make it better. One payment is not, is not going to help you. Let's talk about plan B. We can provide you a payment plan. Would that work for you? Right? It's giving them options. It's giving them the ability to make a decision that feels right to them, that they can say, you know what, let me take a chance on what we're doing. Right? Is anybody with me? Number one, Facebook is telling me, yes, they're, they're, you've experienced this before. Excellent. Are you prepared with an options close? Tell me in the chat, have you thought about this before entering into prospect sales conversations? Have you been, you know, in, in an automated email system, it's very handy and you can automate the options close when you're selling from a landing page perspective, through your automated email sequences, uh, email systems like MailChimp and, and, and um, MailerLite, which is what I use, they allow you to create automation streams where when, when you get a client prospect that's not clicking for the sale or doesn't complete the sale, they're automated processes that will allow it to go on to the next phase. That's why emailing is so important in customer uh, uh, sales and lead generation and closing the deal, right? So important. 
Let's move on to the next option. How many of you have used options closing before? Let's talk about it. Tell me in the chat. The summary close. When you summarize the benefits and value of the products you're offering, it's easier for a prospect to sign on the dotted line. It's because it can be difficult for some people to differentiate between two or different products. For example, let's talk. So we have the Compact Pixie Deluxe Espresso Machine that takes up very little counter space. It comes with a built-in frother and it has a two-year warranty. We also offer free delivery. If you help the prospect visualize what they're purchasing and sum it up in a concise way, it's easy for them to understand they're actually getting what they want. So using this in combination with the first option will help you that assumptive once you summarize and trust me many salespeople actually use multiple strategies in in one session when you summarize it they hear it they see and hear the benefits then you stop with the ask do these sound like they fit your need are you looking for a special machine that has little counter space? Oh, no, you're looking for a big counter space? Well, we have option two. Right? There is a combination. There is not just one way of doing things. There's multiple ways you can really uh, um, actively and knowing how to use what strategy when is really the lesson I want you to walk away with. Having all of these styles in your uh, toolkit and knowing when to use them is what we truly want you to walk away with today. And then there's the suggestion close. If you have good communicate connection with your prospect and they view you as a trusted expert, a suggestion close is a good approach. Many of you are thought leaders in your industry. Thought leaders, your clients and your, your leads are coming to you because you have proven that you are an expert in your industry and your field. And they look to you to tell them what they should purchase, right? You could close with, based on what you have told me about your problem, I would suggest you go with option A, option close. So you're combining option close with the suggestion close does this work for you yes and no you go through go through that phase and if they say no you want to say what will help you say yes what can we do to help you get what you need right so again it's combining all of these techniques when you are working with your sales prospects. And the final technique we're going to talk about today, and it's it's one that when I get this, oh my God, it just, it gets me riled up. It's the urgency close. 
creating a sense of urgency places pressure on the prospect to make a decision now 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 think of limited time offer as one of those examples when i get a limited time offer um sales pitch i sometimes sometimes i run it depends on the brand i will not kid you not sometimes you'll find you know you know that the TV that's on sale for 40, you know, Prime Day on Amazon is a great example. There are certain things that you know will run, um, you know, 70% higher in value. But this day, like Amazon Prime Day, you get those special, special rates, right? And that's what Amazon Prime Day is all about using the urgency close right? At the end of the day, they're going to get the sales that they expected for the year or for the quarter based on that one day alone or how many, however often they do that per year. This is the last one at this price. Another urgency tactic. You've seen a lot on like a Black Friday. Black Fridays, you'll walk into a store, they'll tell you $5 for this TV and then you get there, it's three left. That, that's part of that urgency that they create in those special special deal days. You, uh, We've got a 20% discount just for customers who sign up today. Now, these are true techniques that you could use for your business to close and to get people to say yes, especially when it is the last uh, touch point in your communication with them. If you have an automated email system, right? That will take customers through the sales welcome, nurture and, and buy phases. You can use the urgency close at the end to kind of sell them into the product or service that you want. Another one that we hear often, if you commit to buy now, I can fast track you to the front of the implementation queue. We can start right away, right? I'll, I'll get you started immediately and give them that feeling like, oh my God, I have a I have a busy um, calendar, but she's gonna fit me in if I say yes today. That's that's what the urgency close is all about. This technique works because it creates a sense of urgency and can help overcome the fear of buying when a prospect needs your product or service. In addition to fear of selling. As consumers, you should know there's also fear of buying, right? We also have a fear that what if we buy it and it's not the right fit later on? What if we buy it and we're not satisfied? But sometimes when we understand the need we have and better uh, um, have a person drive us home with those pain points, that's what helps us say yes, right? That as consumers, you think about it. You have the same fears on the other side of buying and selling as the person on the other end. It's a two-way street of <laughs> fear, right? And an and exchange of value, right? So it's important that you know that you are the customer you're potentially selling and buying to sometimes. So use yourself as a gauge as to how and what it is you're looking for, right? So are you ready to increase your income? 
Remember that closing sales is the most important part of doing business, although it's the part that we hate the most. It's the reason we start a business to close some sales. Sales is a four-letter word in some people's vocabulary because we believe that we do not sell. We, we come from corporate America where there has always been a sales team. And you look at those people and they're always like the cool cats that are so confident and got have a different swagger while you're out there busy working away. But it's important that you rethink and reimagine who you are because as solopreneurs, we have to bring Every department that you see in your organization working your full-time job, you have to become all of that. So it's important for you to practice the art of selling, practice the art of um, rejection and or what confidence means in presenting, believing in your product and your service, right? So to be a good closer, you need to have enthusiasm, be enthusiastic. You must know and love your product. You must believe in your product like nobody's business. Don't wait for your teammates to believe in your product more than you do. No one can, no one's going to sell your product better than you. You must have confident expectations that people want to say yes. And when they say no, it's their loss, not yours, right? And you got to be persistent. It takes five to eight touch points before someone says yes. So please don't think that because you are sending emails out and you're getting little response or, you you know, when you have that initial get to know you free consultation and discovery call, don't think that that would be the first and last time you would have a conversation with this person. All right. Believe in yourself and know and be persistent. Know that you got to keep it, keep it going. Right. So let's look at some final tips before we let you go for today. Make sure that your voice is strong, bold and clear when asking. Don't you know, one thing that I learned that I was doing wrong when closing was, you know, at the end of the conversation, I would we generally go down like our whole demeanor will like slouch. So, you know, it's $3,000 for uh, eight week sessions. Uh, do, are you interested in coaching one-on-one -on -one with me? And we automatically lower our tone. We automatically give an energy of rejection and defeat. That is one thing that we have to reverse and you have to lean into your sale by sitting firm, sitting strong, being bold and clear about what it is that you can offer and if they want to work with you, right? Make sure you look like a million dollars. Now, some people will argue with me about that, depending on your industry, depending on your brand, but people, you know, how many people hire someone who's not fit to personally train them, right? You got to look like the business you are selling, right? That's really what that means. Um, ask as though you expect the person to say yes. All right, so you're ready to sign up? Let's go, right? Ask it like you confidently expect the other person to buy. I am driving home that sentiment to you. I want you to be 
expectantly positive about what you're getting into. Ask those closing questions like if it is inconceivable that the person would say no. Like, why would you not say yes? Like, why? Why would you not say yes? You said you are in need of support. You are in need of someone who can do X, Y, Z. This is what I can do for you, right? Ask as though it will it were impossible to fail, right? We got this. You can make it happen. Practice your voice, practice your tone, and speak strongly. Speak unapologetically, speak confidently, and that will draw and attract your customers, your leads into sales prospects and to buyers. That is all for today, guys. If you have any questions, if you are here with me through Facebook or um, through our app and our website, please let me know where you're watching. And I believe you will be able to see this on the replay. For all of our uh, sweet accelerators, our sweet masters, you will get a copy of this to watch on the replay inside of the learning lab in our four pillars um, course guide. And hope if you guys have any questions, you should actually go on to our um, Her Sweet Spot uh, groups and go over to um, marketing and or money and pose your questions in the marketing on money group. All right, guys, thank you for watching. I appreciate you guys. And I hope you guys have a great time using these closing techniques. Bye for now.